0: Hello and welcome to our first episode of the Jew and Jewish music where we look to try to find and re-inject the depths of our musical heritage. I've put a lot of thought into the first episode and I'm looking forward to see how it develops based on your feedback. So let me start off by giving a structure to what we're going to have. Starting out, we're going to first Share a hidden gem, one of those songs that, it's out there, it's waiting to be heard, but not listened to as often. Now there's really a million of these songs, but we can't do them all in one shot. So one at a time, we'll bring them out. I really wanna hear your reactions to these uncovered treasures. Starting out, I wanna bring a song from Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. This song came out years and years ago on an English album that was a huge collaboration, there's a whole bunch of different singers on it and it was really a masterpiece But there's one particular song that I used to turn to in high school to be able to reconnect to my emotions, you know there are times when you just you want to feel, especially as a teenager um, we tend to get cold and shut down and this is one song that always reconnected me I got the chills at least every time, the first time I heard it I, I, I cried and. I think, I think I've think probably cried the most at this song than any other one. It's just so raw and real and genuine. It's a song about a child getting lost. Lost from Yiddishkeit. Lost from his Jewish background, his heritage. And being lost from himself. And reconnecting to that little bit of what made him special. His relationship with his grandfather. There's just so much in this song that... If you were to tell it as a story, it would be a totally different message and it wouldn't have that same kick, but just present it as a song. The music brings out all those little nuanced expressions. It's always a little more challenging to present a message in English. In Lashon HaKadosh, you already have the lyrics written out for you by Dovr Malach, and they're infinitely deep. You know, you're pulling a pasuk out of Tanakh. It's also much more dangerous when you're using a pasuk from Tanakh, from the Torah, that tells us that the psukim that are misused, that are abused by music, um, go in front of the Kisya Covid wearing sackcloth, and they cry to Hashem, and they say, Abba Sheba shemaim, your children are using me the taira in their bars and their parties so it's it's really a scary thing so uh again handle with care when when you start using a Pasa. but this song isn't just uh, english it's also a story and when you're trying to tell a story in a song it has its own set of challenges and opportunities uh, destiny was famous for giving over stories in you know, four albums of stories in song as opposed to just, you know, a a pep talk, which could be easier. You don't have a storyline that you need to get through. Sometimes the songs end up being a little longer when it's a story. Anyway, sit back, relax, and enjoy Teardrop Revisited.
1: Zadie sitting next to me His forehead very lined He prayed with such sincerity Yearning on his face I'd watch with admiration His kavanagh fill the place Every year I'd stay with him In Boston for a week Although our lifestyles differed in the goals that we did seek. He'd read me ancient Bible stories from his musty books. Hold my hand, caress my cheek with a special look. Zadie, oh my Zadie, how i love to be with you. Yom Kippur in the Stiebel, once a year I was a Jew, but only one verse made you cry. Did I find teardrops in your eye? And never did I know why this was so. Sadie, oh my Sadie, how I love to be with you. Yom Kippur in the Stiebel, Once a year I was a Jew But only one verse made you cry Did I find teardrops in your eye? And never did I know why this was so I continued with my visits Till thirteen years of age When family vacations Became the style and the rage And deep inside, I also knew my parents were unsure They could see I was affected more and more Without that soul connection, our relationship collapsed Devoid of all real substance, with a devastating lack And although I thought of Zadie many times throughout the years, my own level of commitment disappeared. Zadie, oh my Zadie, how I love to be with you. Yom Kippur in the shtibyl, once a year I was a Jew. But only one verse made you cry Teardrops falling from your eyes landed on the words I did not know My junior year in college Zadie passed away How shocked I was to hear the news Never dreamed I'd feel such pain A box was specified for me Said his lawyer friend. His mahzur lay on top of it, its cover cracked and bit. I was lying in my bed When an ocean so unlike me Came along and filled my head To spend some time in prayer Zadie's memory would glow So I took his ancient machzer To the hillel house I'd go Snatches of familiar tunes Work their spell on me I was right back there with Sadie and those precious memories. I was flipping through the pages when something caught my eye. Those teardrop stains where Sadie used to cry. boy in front of me and gestured with my hand for his English translation since I cannot understand then I correlate the verses going straight to the right place where Zadie's tears have stained up the entire space it says Avino my kingdom, how God Father, up in heaven, that my kids not cause you shame. And in the margins, they had bends in my name. Zadie, oh my Zadie, how I love to be with you. Now not just on Yom Kippur do I call myself a Jew. No, your tears were not in vain. I cannot even explain how much further they have reached along this path. It's the power of a teardrop It's not what it seems
0: That song always gets to me. I want to hear what you think, so send me an email about your comments, your thoughts on this song and definitely share it with a friend. Just that moment when he realizes that his grandfather was always davening for him, like he was the center of his grandfather's tefillah, it's an incredible thing, that paradigm shift. And I think that it doesn't need to be so extreme. A person doesn't need to be off the derech, and a person doesn't need to have someone crying for him in order to to realize, to be impacted by someone else's empathy. To re, you know, if, if we would actually understand how much of a place we have in other people's lives, it would definitely positively affect us. I think there's a there's a, a rebbe that once said that when I was growing up, I always thought that nobody cared about me, and then I got a little older, and I thought that everyone all they cared about was just me. And now I'm an Altaid and I realize that everyone just cares about themselves. But sometimes, you know, especially maybe I I I connected to this in those teenage years when I thought that no one really cared about me. I thought everyone was looking at me, but not necessarily that everyone that, that is there someone out there that really cares about me. And that's where depression is. Depression is where you feel like you're all by yourself and entirely alone. And that's that's how we describe it as a as a darkness. And Rev Tzaddik says that when you go visit go to visit somebody to do a biker khilam. So there's a few elements that you're doing in this biker khilem. So we know how Allah, you know, even the Shaqanark tells us what we're supposed to do when we do biker khilam. You're supposed to uh, besides for just visiting them, you should see if there's anything you can do to help them, practically, and davin for them. It suddenly points out that besides for going up and showing there, you know, with a guitar, with a clown nose, or even just with a smile and asking how you're doing, giving that phone call, um, what you are doing when you present yourself to someone who is in in a hospital bed, you know, or even someone who's, you know, just at home sick. And you show up there, and you schmooze. You're just saying, hi, how are you doing? Let's have a conversation. And throughout that conversation, the person who is sick, who all they've seen in the last who knows how long is nurses, and met they've all they've heard is medical jargon. And of course, you know, hospitals are so nice, and they offer you a visual uh, intravenous sedative, and they have that TV in front of you you could always connect to. But when a visitor shows up and... Engages in a conversation, and what I, even if it's not, not nothing, it, 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 there doesn't need to be direction to the conversation. But the chayla realizes that there's more to the just this little hospital room. There's more to this room that I'm stuck in, and it opens up that atzvus, that depression, that darkness, that narrowness, and widens their world from that depression, that illness, and there's more to the world than just what I'm experiencing. Just this nuanced experience of, of sadness and illness. There, And once once that match has been struck and there's a tiny bit of light, the whole room lights up and you can see everything. If We would only be able to understand that there are other people out there who genuinely care about us. And when a person's really depressed, they, they can't even feel that. They can't even, they don't realize that I'm meaningful to the people around me. You are meaningful to the people around you. You impact the people around you. There are people around you that really care, friends, family, even if it's just a guy behind you who notices how you're davening. You make a huge impact in the world in everything that you do. And you can't underestimate it. Everyone's had that story. In you're gonna have that story. When someone comes over to you, like way after the event happens and says, by the way, do you remember when you said this, when you did this? And you will not remember it even a tiny little bit, but they say that moment changed my life. And you had no idea that you were doing it. So just realize that by you living your life the way that you're supposed to, loud and proud, you can be actively changing the world for the better. No, let's move on to our second segment of the show, where we talk a little musical Tyra. Now, this is one of my favorite go-tos about music because it just helps us realize what music is, and it's not just something that shows up on your phone. You know, you have the Spotify app, and now okay, click, click, shuffle, and it's everywhere. I mean, it's so overused; it is, be- it's become abused. You know, even when you're just waiting on hold and now, there's music playing. Now, music is not something to toy around with, but in order to realize. That it's serious, you have to understand. Like, what am I playing with? Because if I'm fiddling with a pencil, that's fun. That's fine. You can fiddle with a pencil, um, and you can use that for your fidget output. But if you have a second grader who pulls out a chainsaw to f- in the back of class to fidget with, it's like, no, we we don't play with t- power tools. So the first way that I think this was the first time that I really understood how much of a power tool music is. Is from the Vilna Gaia. Valiomi Vilna tells us back in the 1700s that music, the power of music, the Koyacha Musica, has in it the energy to be mechaye Mace. I wonder if this has to do with like blowing the shafer when Mashiach comes. The Grah spent his younger years in Gaulis, and while he was out there touring the world, he studied all the different Chachmas, all the wisdoms of the world, and included in that was. Music. And there's a legend. I heard this from about Eitan Feiner. He said that there's no documented source, but it's a story that could have happened. So take it with a grain of salt. But they say that the Gra met up with Mozart, one of the greatest composers of all time, if not the greatest. And they started talking music. Because, you know, if you want to learn music, you, you sit down with Mozart. And as they were engaging in the conversation, the Gra sing something to Mozart. You see, there are seven notes in music: it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then it goes right back to A. There is no eighth note. There are half notes in between. So there's, you know, there's a uh, twelve notes in an octave, but there are seven chord notes because uh, our world is a world of seven. Seven is nature. There are seven seas. It takes an average person seven minutes to fall asleep. Tells someone to pick a number, they pick seven. There are seven hues in the in the spectrum of color. There are seven notes in music, etc., etc. Now, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be an eighth note. Our world of nature is going to take a step up into a supernatural state. And in that world, there's going to be an eighth note, a Shmini. Legend has it that while they were conversing, Rev. Vilna sang an eighth note to Mozart and he fainted. He passed out on the spot. I mean, adding an eighth note to music will explode, like, you know, people complain that all the music sounds old and it's getting stale and why do you compose something new but, I mean you throw in a, a whole new note I mean everything is going to be new she Chadash. it's going to be a new song it's going to be a song like you've never heard before in your life but Huttner says about this that you can actually see Tzchiyas Emesim in action watch someone at a wedding someone who's totally not interested in dancing he's in a bad mood he's in a bad place or he's just not a dancer right and yeah, and Aldi sitting in the corner, and you know, he's not interested in doing the whole second dance, you know, but the, for the first dance is for the shuffler, second dance is for the shiva guys who have too much energy, maybe drink too much, so you yeah, have a guy sitting in the corner, and he's minding his own business, lost in his thought, and then the music starts playing, and Hunter says, watch him, watch, watch that Yid, slowly, he starts tapping his foot and then he just joins in the rest of his body starts chuckling a little bit and maybe his head starts bobbing Evnar horlovik says that you could tell if the music is a holy music depending on the shackle, So he starts bobbing back and forth, and then, you know, if he's coaxed a little bit, he'll stand up and he'll, you know, start walking around the circle, you know, maybe this is something I could get involved in. And like, it just look at him five minutes later and the man is alive. The man is alive. And it's this that's like a little microcosm of triasamesim generated by the power of music. It can literally be, bring people back to life. Now, uh, When you're talking music, and the power of music, you have to bring in Shlomo Kalbach. And there's a story, I heard this secondhand. There was a yid, uh, we were singing in the hospital, and uh, there was a yid there who said, I have to tell you a story. I was close to Shlomo Kalbach, and I was once in the hospital visiting my sister. And while I was busy talking to her, she wasn't feeling well, she wasn't hospitalized. um, Shlomo Kalbach walks in, and he says, I need you right now. And I looked at him, oh, hi, Shlomo. how you doing? Um, I'm I'm with my sister now, do you mind... um, I'll be with you in a minute." He says, no, this is an emergency. I, you have to come. I said, emergency? What do you mean an emergency? He said, it's I said, I'm no doctor. He said, no, 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 no. it's Come with me. The doctors gave up. So I told my sister, you know, I'll come back, hang on. And I ran out with Shlomo Kabach. He's holding his guitar. We run into the elevator. We go up three flights, straight, I neck. We run into the ICU. The door is open. There's no hustle and bustle. And look Kabach said, what's the what's the emergency? He says, that's the problem. They gave up. They said, I didn't give up. I'm not giving up. Come with me. And then we, he, he led me over, held my hand, and he pulled me into the corner of the room where there was a bed. And there was a Yid lying there, totally unconscious, unresponsive. You could see on the machine his heart rate was low. And the doctors were just waiting. They were just waiting. And Kabach said, we can't wait. And he threw his guitar strap over his shoulder. And he started singing. And he says, brother, sing with me. And together, he says, this, it says, we sang for 10 minutes in an ICU that was stone cold quiet. And some of the doctors and nurses were crying. Some of them pitched in, sang along a little. After 15 minutes, you had to start wondering, maybe maybe we, we lost our mind. But Kalbach didn't stop. We sang for a half hour, 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Song after song after song. I mean, Kaaba could sing the same song for 15, 20 minutes. And he says, I'm telling you, I saw this with my own eyes. 43 and a half minutes of singing. And the machine jumped to life. It started beeping and screaming. The doctors came rushing over and said, what'd you do? He said, nothing. We just sang. And they said, back off, hang on. And all the, the entire team in the ICU rushed back to the seat in the corner. And they started working on him. And the guy woke up. The guy woke up they year telling us the story says it's been 20 years <laughs> and that is still knocking he's still alive and very much well and very grateful and i'm telling you he is alive because of music so when i tell you when the village tells us that music is mechaia mason that's not just a line it is actually mechaia mason Shwaki Yakov Shwaki had a story recently he said on the on the meaningful people podcast how uh, he had a, a rabbi who reached out to him and said that he stuck a set of headphones playing Rachem onto his unconscious wife's head who was dying, the doctors gave up on her. And like the third time the song was playing, he said his wife, his wife just came back. That the music pulled her out of that darkness, out of that state. Music's mechaia meisemchevra. It's not something to play with. Now, for the final segment of today's podcast, we're going to do a little musical meaning, and I thought we would discuss a song, um, because we did it this this past Thursday night, and someone pointed out to me afterwards that the guys were singing, they were into it, they were jumping, they were dancing, they they were on the benches, it was incredible, but they were screaming words that they didn't know the meaning to, so I'm going to try to um, pick one song a week, we are running low on time, but you know, what are you going to do? And um, we're going to try to extrapolate a little bit what the meaning of the word is, uh, of the words are, if there's a backstory to it, maybe a vart about the song, so that next time we sing it, it will mean even more to us. Now, as Jews, we say every day in Shemina Esri, we know are in a constant state of tshuva, we're always trying to take a step closer to our connection with our Creator. And there's a song that Shemua Basil wrote years and years ago, and it was a big hit. I haven't heard it so much lately, but it's a song that's it's as alive as the day that he composed it on a, a Shabbat tune, and it's devarim. <laughs> the Rebbe tells us: take words, take with you words, devarim, veshuvu al Hashem, and return to Hashem. You know, sometimes when you want to say sorry to someone, you want to apologize. So if it was a, a really bad thing that that the person did, you bring a gift, you bring flowers. You bring him something to show the remorse. The Rav says, I don't need anything else than you talking to me. Just come and talk. If you don't have the words, then tell the Rav that you don't have the words. Go talk to the before you take your three steps back so people don't think you're nuts. You're still in the middle of Shemana Talk to Hashem saying, Tati, here I am. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you because I want to talk to you, because I want to relate to you. I want to have a conversation with you. Relationships are built on communication. And this is me taking that first step forward. It's not easy to find a quiet moment in today's day and age, but take the moments at least that are quiet and dedicate those to Hashem, at least in tefillah, take those words and daven to Hashem and you realize that these words that you say to Hashem, those you get to keep. Those are going to be the most precious conversations you ever had in your life. Those are the ones that you're going to be able to carry with you up to the kis, to, to the covered the best in Uh after 120, and you could say to the bar we have an ongoing relationship. Remember all those late nights that we stayed up schmoozing. Remember how when I couldn't find a coffee mug in the morning, I asked you to help me find it. You were with me in everything that I did. Take those conversations, and that's what's going to return us. That, that's what is going to make our lives ones which are involved with Hashem I hope you enjoyed this episode please give me any shout outs with your thoughts, comments, and questions well, I'm going to try to keep them coming thank you so much for your support, have a wonderful, wonderful day be well, pass it on share the love hatzlacha rabo meruba bye